Live podcast produced locally in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. here at Sacred Heart Roman Catholic Church in the Plate of Maryland. My name is Bill Winnell, once again joined by Father Larry Swink. Hey, Bill. And Father Scott Woods. Hello. And Father Jack Berard. Hey, Bill. Today we're going to talk about charisms. Father Larry. All right, great. So, uh, you know, last week we mentioned charisms, and I thought we would actually go into it because last night I was having uh, dinner with Father Ray Schmidt and Father Nicholas Morrison. And so we were like, I was like, what, what should I talk about? And then Father Nicholas Morrison's like, do the charism. And I said, I started laughing because I mentioned we were joking about charisms last week. Because it's like the one thing in theology that you know, and so you <laughs> thought you'd get a dig in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's some bitterness. It's only been a week. <laughs> Right. Still there. The, you know, there. There's a lot of healing that's been going on this week, right? <laughs> you know? So, all right, for Father Jack, uh, why don't you do this? Can you give, first of all, the definition of charism? We're going to look at, like, help people to maybe identify if, I, well, here's the first thing. Would you agree with the statement that every Catholic in the state of grace has a charism that God has given that person? So this is where it gets, this is where it gets awkward, is okay. that there's, there is that there's a couple definitions of charisms, right? So there is in the sense of um, like, I think probably the two broadest categories is like, when we think of scriptural definition of charism. And even like when you think this is what we're trying to think of like the charismatic Catholics, right? Like those, right. that is like kind of a more scriptural, but those are, those are gifts, which nobody has a right to, right? They're, they're by nature, very uh, transitory, right? You have a charism for a moment and then it moves. But then there is um uh, another definition where a, per, where a person or especially a religious order has a charism, right? right? So you think of the Franciscans with the charism with of the, the poor. poor. You think of many re- religious sisters who have charism for teaching. Um, but And that also, I think, could apply to individuals. So in that sense, people have certain charisms right. for for the sake. But but there's a the, the joining point uh, of those two things uh, would be that it benefits the, the entire church right. and not the individual who is expressing the gift or the charism. I right. Say. So making that distinction is that the difference between like the gifts of the Holy spirit, like counsel right. and wisdom and understanding, all those gifts are given to every, every Christian and uh, at baptism and strengthened in confirmation. And they, they, we have access to them while we're in the state of grace, mm-hmm. but it's for the individual person, their soul, their and sanctification. Their yep, exactly. And so the charismatic gifts mm-hmm. are graces, the Holy spirit that individuals are given by God mm-hmm. to build up the church. They're not for personal gain, but for the, the church at large. Absolutely. Okay. And, and directly or indirectly. Right. And, and, and so, you know, we won't always necessarily see a charismatic gift benefit everybody right away. You know, but right. it, but it does have that um, right. that sense for sure. So okay, right, real quick, since listeners all, all ages, who, who wants to take a quick uh, just quick definition of what we're refer- what you're referring to as the charismatic movement? So what's the difference between the charismatic gifts and the charismatic movement? No, you, when you refer to the charismatic movement or, or yeah. the charismatic mm-hmm. part of the church. Well, you know, see, I, I think, I mean, I, I, I know charismatic groups. Uh, in, in, the char- it was, in the United States, it became very big. I think it was in the 19... When did that really start popping up? I thought it was the 70s. The yeah, 70s. And I think yeah. it was the Duquesne. And, oh, Pens- okay. and Duquesne but is like really for, for Catholicism. For Catholicism, yeah. and yeah, I, I think too is like a lot of times the Charismatics get a bad rap, but like in essence, when the church was going crazy, like in terms of orthodoxy, with church is teaching, the Charismatic was like one of the only sort of uh, 
sort of groups that like stuck with the church's teaching, but they also were relying, they just kind of went back, they're kind of looking for this way of expressing their faith in a way like the early church, I would say. Mm. And they're really big into praise and worship and gifts of healing and, and so forth. And I think they get a bad rap because I don't know, people were freaked out about it because they never really seen things like this. Yeah. And I know I, and I think sometimes, I mean, we have to be careful. Like sometimes things could be go outside of Catholicism a bit. And so people are a little bit weary of them, but well, and I think, I think one of the, the, the difficulties is in the, so if we look to like where it comes out of scripture, right? Where, where if you look at like the classical source of cares, charisms, right? And understanding them, it's first Corinthians chapter 12, right? Where, yeah. where Paul talks about, uh, there is one body, but many parts and there are, um, one spirit, but many gifts, right? So that right. these gifts are what we're talking about. They're, they're extensions of the Holy spirit. And this is where he gets into, uh, kind of starts delineating some of them. And he picks out, and I'm very clearly not trying to be exhaustive, but it is like, and one of them that he talks about is speaking in tongues. tongues. And so when we talk about the charismatic movement, the charismatic Catholics, um, that I think is one of those things that kind of got people worried, right? Because if you think about it, you're coming, uh, you know, probably within 20 years of people who used to go into Sunday mass in pretty much silence, right? Or, or at right. the very least with, with the tradition music to then just have out of nowhere, it felt probably more Protestant than it did <laughs> anything else. And, and then, um, so I, I think there was this kind of, and then people didn't understand it, right? Cause you know, the, 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 maybe not justified, but the, the stereotype was that Catholics for the most part, had faith that was real and it affected their life, but it also was pretty, um, very cold, right? Very, in the sense right. of a, a very impersonal with God. He, right. he knew me, you know, and he knew me in that level of personality, but it, it's not necessarily that, like, the way in which we talk about prayer freely uh, here is very different from, I think, how most people kind of understood. I remember very clearly, and this is where I always, this is where I get it from. This was a, a woman who I, asked for money for when I was a focused missionary and she was like 80 years old at the time. And, and she, she kind of broke down and she was like, you know, it only took me until about five years ago where I really understood what it mean that, that somebody told me God loved me. Right. right. She faithful woman, you know, daily massacre, but like hadn't heard it. Right. You know, which is, you know, probably heard it from a homily and a passing or something, but it wasn't right. like it, it didn't make that deep impact. Right. But, Kat, but she still went to mass. Right. Cause it was, it was embedded that like this was the correct way. And I, I know that I'm supposed to know that. So, the charismatic movement though had that faith that said not only do we have all of the other structures of Catholicism, but we also want to delve into inviting people into a personal relationship into an encounter with Jesus Christ. And I, I mean, my first encounter with the charismatic removal was I was a seminarian and I was, you know, forced to go to Steubenville (laughs) for the first time. And I was, I felt so out of place and like, they put a tie-dye shirt over my clerics and, and then like you're in there and, you know, I'm like the, you know, the guy like, you know, trying to dance and like has no rhythm and they're like, come on. And then I just, and they're like, come on seminary and get into it. I'm like this, I hate this. You know, I just want to go in front of the blessed sacrament and just, you know, contemplate. And, and then, but then I, I kind of saw how it was, you had to have a little bit of openness to, uh, I, I just freaked me out at first, but then as the weekend progressed, I just felt like really touched by God through certain experiences. Now I'm not saying all that was charismatic, mm-hmm. but that's, that's how we look at charismatic is like this, um, almost like a concert, like, you know, a verbally expressive 
way of, of encountering God that's very emotive yeah. in many ways. Um, but I think that the charismatic gifts uh, help build up the kingdom of God by, by the Holy Spirit touches people's hearts in different ways through these gifts. Yeah. So um, let's look at, at some of it. Father well, Scott, and yeah. I, and I can speak to that too, because I, yeah. I, I was in Scranton, PA, which was a very big charismatic, right. Catholic charismatic renewal. And I was the only seminarian brave enough to, to go and serve the mass when the charismatics came for their annual retreat. <laughs> and, uh, and did we, you have to wear a tight eye shirt when you no did? No tight eye shirt. Thank right. goodness. But they would go and they would, they would be praying in tongues at points during the mass. And, and, uh, and I was like, what's going on? And I wasn't sure, is this real or are people making it up? And, uh, sometime later, there was a seminarian who had that gift, those gifts of the spirit. And, and he, uh, we were going, discussing some things that were going on, so a lot of discord in the seminary. And, and he just said, let's, let's just pray. You mind if I just pray with you guys and pray in tongues? And, and he did. And, and as he was praying with us and, and, uh, it was like, uh, he was praying in tongues and, and myself, I, I was hearing what sounded like garbly gook, but a piece. And then inside, was he speaking? He was speaking in tongues In tongues. And okay. then. I started hearing almost like a simulcast. Um, I was hearing the words in English. That's okay. Now let's stop there. This is interesting because you're talking about uh, the gift of tongues. And then with that is also someone has the interpretation of t- tongues. So your friend, the seminarian was speaking in tongues in this language that was, didn't seem normal. It seemed uh, different. It seems like, gar- like a, just gibberish. And I've heard it. I don't know if you ever, yeah. I've, I've, and I'm, I'm not going to say names, but I priests that we know have done this. And not, people you would not expect to do this. Mm-hmm. I've actually, my mother's done this once. Like I asked her to pray with me and she started breaking out in tongues. I'm like, what in the world's going on? And I knew that she was speaking in tongues, but you experienced hearing the words in English. Can right. you explain? Can you, and, that's and called the interpretation of tongues. Which what? is a very rare gift. Um, and I've never had the experience since. So I don't know. You know, might've just been the one time for whatever reason the Lord gave it to me, but <clears throat> when when I, when I knew it was real was after he finished praying with us, the other seminarian who was hearing who was who were praying with he was praying with heard the exact said while well, you were praying over me I kept hearing the the sentence over and over and it was the exact same what words. was the sentence Can I don't share? remember unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> darn it I know it was a secret to life was, but it was it you was forgot truly it. What the words we needed to hear and it was quite and you amazing. both got the same we thing. both got the same thing mm, even though. Okay. With our ears, we only heard the gibberish, what sounded like gibberish. And then uh, a very holy priest who was in the seminary, who was one of the Mother Teresa's spirit directors, Monsignor Monsignor Essif, talked about when he went to his first one as a priest, and his mother, he's from Lebanon, and and they're from an ancient Christian village uh, of people who go back to the earliest days of Christianity, and and she knew this, she heard this man next to her singing this childhood hymn in Aramaic, this ancient Aramaic that, that she knew fluently, and hardly anyone else does. And and, uh, and at the end, she was singing with him. She said, How, where are you? Uh, is your family from Lebanon? And she, uh, where, where are you from? And he said, uh, no, no. She said, well, how do you speak? How did you know that hymn in Aramaic? He said, what hymn? I was just singing what the, what the Spirit gave me. I, I have no idea what I was singing. Interesting. Because sometimes, sometimes the gift is an ancient language right. that no one else really knows anymore. Well, and that's the thing is oftentimes when, you, when they talk about the gift of tongues, now people get confused sometimes with like the Acts. Right. right, the story of Pentecost, where they most likely spoke in the languages of the people, right, which right. they didn't know, which is a gift, but a it's pen- not what we're talking about. When we talk about gift of tongues, it's normally considered a celestial language. So to have something specifically in Aramaic actually kind of makes a lot of sense because what language did Christ speak? Yeah, exactly. Um, but someone's actually understanding, even though, and this yeah. is the thing about that, you would not know what they're saying, 
in that language because it's foreign to you and it's celestial, mm-hmm. like Father Jack says. But someone has the gift, and the two, the actually, it's when I, this article I was reading, it says you need one for the other. Someone has to interpret what's being said, and uh, which is interesting. Yeah, Paul's clear about that. Right, right. He, he, he really, says that in scripture. He really condemns speaking in tongues if you don't have an interpreter because he goes, there are people who have unwillingly cursed the Lord, right? Because right. because if it is, because uh, uh, of the like, we usually would say, if you kind of know your anthropology, like there, it's kind of a lower level gift, right? Right, like by its nature, right? It's not really, it, and in a lot of ways, it's not super important for us to receive a charism. Um, it's important for us to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit and to have, I mean, we want the fruits of the Holy Spirit, but the charisms are, are, aren't necessary for our salvation in the same way other right. things are. And so, you know, we, it, they're good. They're helpful. Obviously we want them when they come and we should receive them in gratitude. Right. But, um, but it kind of makes sense that we could, we could also be deceived in them, right? right. Cause it's kind of on our lower level, our, our emotions more than, right. So another thing, and you bring up Monsignor Esif, and Monsignor Esif, uh, I'd done a retreat with them. Actually, Father Scott, we did that retreat yeah, together. I remember that. Remember that? So we were, it was, uh, you set it up, and we drove up. <laughs> it was like after the DC Padres game, we drove up, and um, I remember that. And then we, I remember my first encounter with him, it was, you know, he lived in this kind of retirement community. I mean, he's this little tiny guy with this long beard, kind of hunched over, I mean, it was like, it was like going on a scene of Star Wars, you know, come back here, you know, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and, but like literally he knew stuff about me that I never told him before I told him. And uh, that's now what is, uh, is that the gift of knowledge? What, 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 what charism is that? Like he knew stuff yeah, it's a on my heart yeah. and he, and d- I don't know if, did you uh, have that experience with him? Oh yeah. He, he, he continually, every time I meet him, he seems to have. Uh, the Lord gives him uh, insights. I remember one time I went to confession to him and said, you know, for confession, these are the issues, these are the things I've done, and, and these are my problems. And he's like, no, those aren't your problems. This is your problem. Mm-hmm. You know, it was something I didn't even confess. Uh, not And not because I, but I just wasn't aware of it. This was, he got to the root, you know, the Holy wow. Spirit. And, I, and I'm sure we as priests, though, I think we've all experienced that, I'm sure, in confession. A word of knowledge. A word of knowledge. Yeah, so let's, explain, let's talk a little bit about that, you know, one of you about what is this word of knowledge? I know... Father Ray Schmidt uses that a lot. He'll say, um, I got this word of knowledge. And uh, I won't say what, but yesterday we were praying together and he brought something up and it was dead on. And I'm like, wow. And he got it in prayer. So ex- what is exactly, I mean, the charismatic gift where the Holy Spirit puts, um, what would that be, Father Scott? It gives, so the different ways that it gives, it, he gives a, the Holy Spirit will give an insight into that soul. Right. Of what's truly ailing or, or what, or, or something that, that soul's going through that they, that you, they need to know. Right. Now, does the word of knowledge need to be tested like the t- tongues also? Is there some sort of like, how do you test that? They know if that's from God or it's just their imagination. I mean, we're called to test everything, right? right. Paul said, test, test everything, everything, keep what's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, there's something wrong in, in testing it because, you know, we, we have to, in humility, we have to know that we could be deceived, right? So we have to, to be testing all of these things. Um Right, because I mean, here's the reality: is look, go, even your example, right? Father Ray could have just kept that to himself, right? He still would have received it. It really wouldn't have been a charismatic son. But if he even he did his testing, it was telling you and having you right. help confirm it, right? Like right. that's that's the test. That's sufficient to say there is a test going on. Um, just and to he, its reality, he validated by my response to it. I'm like, yeah. that's spot on. Um, another one is called the discernment of spirits. Mm. Is another. Um, this is uh, sort of their. They, they sort of, I don't think it's right to categorize these, but 
the, one of the uh, sort of subcategories of the of the charisms, gifts of insight or revelation. That's, that I think they kind of, but um, the discernment of spirits is the supernatural ability to recognize whether a person or a situation is being motivated by the Holy Spirit, the the their uh, their own flesh or or the demonic, and so certain people have a gift to discern if what, what the person's going through is being influenced by the Holy Spirit, like this is of God or this is of Satan, or this is of your flesh, mm-hmm. or all three. Mm-hmm. So have you all met a guy or a priest or a religious or a lay person that was spot on with discernment of spirits? I mean, you don't have to tell names, but can you give some anecdotes on that? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I know a lay person who, who very much has that gift, um, and someone a number of priests really turn to when they're when they're like, I, don't, I just don't know if this person is, is this person the real deal, or is this person... <clears throat> crazy or is this person uh, being influenced by, by demonic and this and this person has that and I've, I've met different people over time who have that gift uh, usually more I've met more lay people who have that gift actually than priests really on a continual basis so so as priests I think we get it a lot in spiritual action and confession but I don't know how I don't know how many priests experience that generally through you know have you utilized them for you know just for help when you're you know dealing exactly especially the tougher cases where it's like "Mm, you know i don't i don't know if this is really if this person's really the lord or not right right um can you give me references so i can use them when i go that's the st mary's county (laughs) (laughs) hey i just need to ask you about this is this from from the holy spirit satan or myself (laughs) can you give me the quick 30 second answer please well well, the past six years we've um, joked with him, with father larry because he would well he would always tell the staff member something like you know this came to me in in prayer and we <laughs> we we quickly have realized that while we would never doubt the good <laughs> priest um it was things that usually he wanted to uh or you know that he wanted <laughs> to push in the parish and were you discerning the spirit came to me in prayer last night i'm like oh how can you argue with that <laughs> except for here's funny is that one day like that happened to me where like something did come to me in prayer and i went hey bill i think and he goes if you say it came to you in prayer and i was like i did just gonna tell you off i was just later. i was just thinking about it and you know i think practically we should <laughs> he's like no I mean, i'm sorry <laughs> Father Jack, you know we we have a friend, pre, a yeah. priest friend, who has his discernment spirits. Have I mean, without names, you can experience like how you saw that in that priest. Yeah, uh, he just it, it's funny. Just the um, <laughs> so I went to him and I was like, because I was like, I need a new spiritual director, and he was like, okay, yeah, yeah, and he goes, are you asking me? I said no. Um, because, because we worked together and, uh, and I go, but, but maybe do you have somebody like one of your brothers who could do it? And he goes, and he sat there for like a minute and he starts going through the list of probably all of them. And then he just goes, Nope, that's the guy, right? That's the guy you should be working with. And he just really, there's something, uh, like, you know, these things all play together, right? The Holy Spirit doesn't move in in part, it moves (laughs) moves together. So there's like a peace and a joy that comes over somebody when, when the gift is activated that just can't be faked. Right. And right. you could just see it in the second he said it. Um, and, you know, that's, I think, yeah, that, that's kind of a, a lower level thing that he's done that is kind of easy to share. Right. Um, Another one is these dynamic gifts. And I think that when, when you think about this, is uh, namely uh, the gift of healing, right? And the gift of miracles. And, uh, you know, the priest that comes to mind is Father Dan Leary. When you think about the gift of healing, uh, would be one. And, uh, I mean, well, I mean, if you look at saints, uh, Padre Pio, 
had the gift of healing. Mm-hmm. Have you all ever encountered or, or seen a priest or someone who had the gift of healing and experienced that? Or is it, you know, I mean, it was just... So you took my one guy. <laughs> yeah, but have, oh, you, but have you ever experienced, I mean, with him? Like, I mean, just... Well, yeah, I mean, I've been, not only, not only that gift, but <clears throat> where he'll, he'll, he'll have the ability to sense when that soul is open. Because one of the things uh, I noticed was that uh, when everyone's kneeling there, he wouldn't go to every person right away. Some people, he would seem to seemingly even have a sense that their soul, they weren't ready. For what? Uh, to be prayed over. Really? And so sometimes he would skip people for a while. And then come back to them. Other times, he would leave the sanctuary, go over to someone in the pew, and whisper key words that they needed to hear from the Lord. That either words of correction or words that inspired or encouraged, but key, and that was the gift they needed. Right. So, so certainly that gift of knowledge. So, so he also, but he had a sense too of when, and and I and I have to say, I <clears throat> I had my experience. I, I did not want to get involved in the healing ministry whatsoever because I was like it attracts too many people that. Sometimes have different issues. <laughs> and you, Father Scott, you've been involved with the masses with healing prayers for that's it. Down and, in and it was Mary's Father County. Dan who pushed me and forced yeah. me into it. Likewise, yeah, yeah, I did not want to not push me, but heavily suggested heavily it. Heavily suggested. <laughs> and then you went to he brought you to Mexico. Well, he brought me to Mexico. But the first healing time we had a healing mass, I was told, "Look, you can just stay on the side. You can just hear confessions." I was like, "Great!" And he'll do all the prayers. That's his thing. That's Wait. his thing. No, this is what he does with everybody. This is his pattern. What? This is That's a, his yeah, charism. The exact same thing. It's not <laughs> That's a charism. <laughs> this is not a charism. Are you discerning that? Oh my gosh, I'm gonna punch you in the mouth. I don't care if you listen to it. That's not a charism. That's not it might be from the spirit. It That's from the, Satan. It's I the go. word of correction you needed. Right? No, he did that to me. He goes, Oh Jack, Jack, no, you're just gonna sit in the box. You're gonna sit in the box the whole weekend. You'll be That's fine. What I was told. Right? Yeah. And then Fire. he's like, Get up there. Get up there. Don't be a pansy. Oh, he, in front of the people. He made yeah. me so so I the first person I came to was a person. Person was very closed. They did not want to be prayed over. They, they told their spouse, "I'll drop you off. I'm staying in the car, and you, and then come out." And I, and I had to make the deal that I would pray over the spouse first, and then then that way the husband could get going. And to my shock, the husband was there, and he was the first person I was to pray over. And I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Because I knew his heart very wounded, very closed. As I'm praying over him, I I could feel the Holy Spirit. <laughs> And, his, and I, it was like I was experiencing, it was the weirdest, it was like I was experiencing what he was experiencing as the Lord was just showering him with love, right. touching deeply his soul, powerfully influencing his soul. And he got up and unlike what his wife, and she was shocked, he stayed through the entire mass. Mm-hmm. And then as he left out, gave me a huge hug. And he used, at that point, he didn't like me. So, mm-hmm. so it was just clearly that the Holy Spirit. Wait, he hugged you and he didn't like you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, no. He, you know what I mean. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Father Jack hugged you goodbye the other day. <laughs> it was a bro hug. I've never been so happy in my life. <laughs> so weird. So weird to say online. <laughs> so another thing would be uh, there's also motivational gifts like prophecy, also teacher. Like that's teaching is a is a um, charism where people just have the knack of being able to teach the faith in ways that are convicting you john, know john olin from reichen right yeah that gift I, that, well, so I've, I've used him in, in homilies in terms of when I, i've talked sometimes i've preached about the charisms and i i've just met numerous high school students that have been in his class and have he's they've heard it over and over again but the way he said it convicted them yeah 
uh, that's that's a charism, right? I mean, that would be a gift from the Holy Spirit where he's able to convey, you know, very lofty, you know, theological principles in ways that they understand or convert them, you know, which is which is which is definitely a gift. I had so many students who would come come back after his class and go, I hate that class. I hate that class, but I need it so much. Really? Wow. That's amazing. Uh, another one's administrator. Um, one who loves to organize, lead, or direct, knowing how, uh, knowing by faith uh, that any project can be accomplished. You know, who would be that? Uh, I don't know, but I will tell. I will tell one of my favorite stories I remember from seminary was Monsignor Rolfs, who was the rector at the Mount St. Mary's. Was uh, he was at the vicar general of Peoria, right? So he's kind of like the second to the bishop, and he goes up to the missionaries of charity and he says, uh, you know, he's have him ask for me finished, and they, and they go. Father, we're we're gonna go back to prayer. We need uh, fifteen thousand dollars, and we're gonna get it through our prayer. And he goes, "Hold on a second, I can do that. Like I can just go." And and they, they said to him, "They said, oh, no, Father, you can't do that." And he goes, "Wait a second, why not?" He goes, "Oh, cause cause you don't believe it'll really happen." And and she walked away and walked back into the chapel. Right, mic, mic dropped. Yeah, <laughs> mic dropped. Whoa! But that's administration, right? Like, there's a providential. Like, that's the faith. That's did it come like, true? Yeah, of course it did. Have you ever met the missionary charity? They get everything they want, right? Wow. It's amazing, and it's and it's because they have such powerful faith. But that's the root of these charisms, right? Is is that we don't we're not quite getting? I think sometimes is that like it's a response of faith to be able to say right. that God really can do it. Well, that brings up an, another uh, sort of. Uh, question is are we seeing i mean do you think do you think that people or we're seeing this in the church that these gifts are being utilized are we are we seeing a lack of it and um because i've heard certain speakers say that we really need to go back to the holy spirit and relying on the holy spirit and utilizing you know like the early church the gifts of the holy spirit to to bring this church is dying back to life um i mean what do you think the problem is why why do you think <laughs> You know. Did you ask me what, what do I think the problem of the church is? That's another month. That's next week. Problems with no, the it's church. The next, it's <laughs> the next six weeks, but that's okay. Like no, I mean, I think I think there's a lot of truth. I think you, I've I've really never met a a person who who like has genuine faith who who doesn't sometimes expe- like at least tr- attempt towards some one of these things, right? Like I I get very worried when I, um, you know, I remember a seminary. You could always kind of tell when a guy was about to leave. Um, because things like this, like talks about faith in this level would start to freak them out. Right. You know, like where, where God was actually going to do something in their life. Right. Like, you know, God's real. Sure. Absolutely. Sacraments. Definitely something you can be a part of. God will actually give a healing. Well, hold on a second. Like, right. well, let's just go to the doctor. Right. <laughs> you know, things like that. Right. And there is, there's something to that. There's, there, I think, um, I think we, um, I think we need to be a little bit more open about it, but I, I think you see an overlap between uh, right teaching, right? Orthodoxy is not just right teaching. It's also right a- praise, right? right? But also, it's also right action, right? right and action. this is this is right action as well. Is right. you know, I think it, I don't I don't think it's accidental that pretty much every priest we've mentioned, no, without without fail, every priest we've mentioned also tends to be a very direct and powerful preacher. Right, right. I I think I, I think they're linked. I think. Men who, priests who are ready to do that, ready to 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 be instruments of the Holy Spirit, also tend to preach really strongly. Right, but I think the one thing you could also say is that uh, individuals that we've mentioned also 
are deep men of prayer. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Because they're much, they're very much in tune or maybe listening to, I mean, I, and that's another thing is like, you know, when, when people, I, I, I know uh, a preacher, I won't say his name, but uh, he's, he hates to be able been put on my heart, you know, like, you know, it sounds kind of Baptist, you know, yeah. like it was on my heart today. Um, I just had to use that Southern accent, but, um, but it's like, but it's a bad one too. It is a very bad one, but is, but is it, is there a part of the charism where you do have to listen to your heart? Like the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart. I, I think so. And I think that's, you have, you have to have silence and you have to be asking the right questions. Do you all see it as it, most of you do spirit, all of you for that matter, do spiritual direction. Do you consider it part of your job as a spiritual director to help the spiritual directees recognize a gift they may have? Oh, for sure. I mean, is yeah, yeah. You want? To- I, I would say so. Um, yeah. I mean, sometimes. Uh, well, okay. Because let's be honest, we all don't recognize our gifts sometimes, right? And I think sometimes it's they'll they'll they come to the knowledge over time through prayer, and you validate that in them and say, you know what, I think this is your gift. You need to, you know, go to God with this and utilize it in some way, especially if, um, um, I mean, let's say for instance, like another one we didn't talk about is contribute. There's actually a, a gift called contributor. I don't know if this is the actual name, but this is, but it's someone who loves to give time, talent, energy, and financial material means to, to, uh, benefit the building of the church. And sometimes you have these people that they come to you and they're like, I have like all these resources. I want to do something for the church. And, if you were to turn them down and then, then you say, okay, well, let's bring this to prayer. And uh, where do you think God wants you to go with that? And they want to do something with it. Um, the other thing is like with religious vocations and father Scott, you could probably speak to this is you have like a young lady saying, I want to, you know, join a religious order. A lot of times the religious order would probably be somewhat connected to the charism that God's given them. So if like they're, they're great with youth, you might say, well, you ever thought about the Salesians or the Nashville Dominicans are there. They have you know, the gift, you know, a deep gift of prayer. And maybe you're a contemplative, right? I mean, that's part of it, right? Yeah. Go ahead. <clears throat> yeah. And, and, and that's, that's where a good spirit director comes in handy uh, just to, to re- help them to recognize because a number of times they're, you know, especially nowadays, they'll be uh, attracted to the habit or attracted to the lifestyle, but that's not necessarily what they're really being called to. Right. And so, um, or attracted to, religious life period. And, and again, so it's, it's really helping. What is the Lord saying? Right. As opposed, how do you separate my own desires from the desires of the Lord? Right. And the, and then you do have to know your own heart because we have the, you know, that's something we learned in the spiritual direction course to create. And is, yeah, you have to know your heart so that you can distinguish it, right. you know, and, and when it's, when it's with the Lord and when it's not. Right. And I think, I mean, we just kind of, I know we're getting kind of close to our time. So it just kind of, it was, I think it's a very important point to, to, you know, as people are kind of struggling with that, what is my charism idea, is that the expression of a charism is not a mark of holiness. Right. It's not the holiest people who are the most charismatic. It's not the, the right. holiest priest is not the best healer necessarily. Right. right. So, you know, obviously, you, you know, to be a good instrument, you got to be a good instrument. So, you know, state of grace, all that. But, um, but, you know, it's it's really important that it's very clear in Paul's teaching that like no 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 the expression of these things is not the mark of holiness. Right. Holiness is 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 a different. And that's a great point. Different thing. I mean, you could be well. I mean, now look, here's a question, yeah. right? So, but if you're holier, like say a person's seeking personal sanctification, like really with an interior life, would what room are they in? 
What's that? Sorry, what? never mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> We're going back to the mansions. Let's, yeah. No more mansions. But no more mansions. Um, um, so would that make would that make the charism stronger? No, not necessarily. Okay, no, that's no. a great point. No, this so is, this is total gift. It's completely, yeah. it's completely on the side. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's totally God working through that instrument. Absolutely, Because and and we know even you don't even necessarily. I mean, this is the reality. This, this is this is the mystery of God is that He can use whatever He wants, right? Uh, what is it? Acts of the Apostles, uh, Gamaliel, right? Yeah. He's, you know, he, he he's this prophet, you know, to the, or no, it's, it's a, sorry, it's a gospel, but, um, like he's a prophet of like, it's better for one man to die than for the entire, entire community to perish, which is true. And exactly right. what, if when we apply it to Christ, it's like, oh wait, it kind of is better that he died than we all burn in hell. But like he wasn't in a state of grace, but he right. was very clearly a prophet. Right in that moment, so so we got to be very careful not to reckon, you know, to not mix these because I think that's where that we see, I mean, we see it all over the place, right? You know, we're like, oh, this guy's such a good. I, I always laugh whenever someone's like, oh, you're such a holy man. And I'm like, no, I'm really not. Like, no, I can, I can preach. It's different. The like the ability to to um, do those kind of things. It's not necessarily the mark of my holiness, right? Like that's, right. Um, but it's just important. I think that. Because we shouldn't be jealous of one another's gifts, right? right? We should always, if if we got to reject that jealousy that comes with other people's charisms, right. um, to be able to, yeah, build up the church truly, <laughs> right, right. And then I guess one last question is, <clears throat> is like maybe people are sitting there thinking, okay, is there any references that you know offhand of book, good books that are orthodox on charisms, or is there any good stuff out there where you know someone's trying to? I know Sherry Waddell had, yeah. had and something. Peter Herbeck. Okay. He, uh, I think it's called Renewal Ministries. Uh, he's that's a pretty, pretty Legit solid. Yeah, it, it Renewal Ministries is his thing. I think it's a website. I think that's that's where that would be my first place to point somebody. But. And just you, know, you go to Google Renewal Ministries. Yeah. And there would be sort of references. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Well, let's just uh, keep praying that God uses our church and that we use the charism God gave us to build up the kingdom. Um, Father Scott, can you give us, you know, this is your, how many days now as pastor? Three days. All right. Can you give us <laughs> the blessing? Right. In the name the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask your continued blessing upon us and all who are listening and will listen uh, to this podcast that you may help us to discern well our, our own charisms and that we may truly be good vessels that you might uh, use in a powerful way in in the healing and the strengthening and the building up of the church as a whole, and in particular our families and, and our communities and parishes, that we might uh, truly trust in you enough to allow you to do with us as you will, and that we might be enabled to glorify your name by all the good that will come from it. And this we pray, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.